Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Well, here we are in the throes of the holiday season, and in just a few days, we'll be ringing in 2024, many of us with a resolution or a few. Will they last? A lot of times, well, according to research, they usually don't. Why? How can we make our New Year's resolution stick this year? doesn't matter what they are. We're going to talk with uh, somebody who helps people stick to their goals all the time and realize uh, many different things in themselves. He is a mental health counselor and author. He's also an ordained minister, and he's the, the guy behind Healthly Counseling Center. Dr. Ray Smith is back with us. Hi, Ray. How you doing? Hi, Steve. Well, I'm glad to be here. I think the timing is perfect to talk a little about resolutions. I heard a comedian just this past week, and she had said last New Year, she set the goal, uh, resolution to lose 10 pounds. And here it is, the end of the year, and she's just 15 pounds away. (laughs) So I think resolutions don't always come true. So I want to talk about a better way of trying to get to and through your goals. So that'll be a based on the work that's in Anxiety Quest and how you know where you are and where you want to go and how to get along the path. So this uh, time we're going to be talking about what needs to happen before you get to resolutions. My idea would be if someone just said, I'm going to build a roof. Well, that sounds like a good resolution to do, but it comes a little too early. If we want to build a house, there's some things that have to happen first. You got to buy some land and get architectural prints and get permits from the city and bring in water and sewer and electric and gas and probably pave the driveway so that heavy equipment can get in without all the mud. So I think the way to begin a New Year's resolution is with the why. If you were building a house, the foundation would be the why. We're building a house here, and we have something solid to build it on. My favorite metaphor for this was when I was a Boy Scout. We talked about that once before, but the purpose, the why of Boy Scouts is to be prepared. Be prepared for life. Be prepared for leadership. Be prepared for sacrifice. Well, I want to use that same model. If you want to make a resolution like she did to lose 10 pounds or to get in shape, there's going to be a whole lot of fitness equipment sold. There's going to be a lot of gym memberships sold. I did hear another comedian say that he was very disappointed. He bought the membership to the gym and months later he hadn't changed at all. And he said, oh, it turns out you have to go there. (laughs) <laughs> so resolutions are much the same way. You've got to do more than just have willpower. So if you start with the why, that's sort of the foundation. And then when you build the structure and start framing in, that's kind of the how you're going to have this house built. The how of scouts, for example, are the 12 principles. Be trustworthy, helpful, loyal, helpful, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. You know, still try and live that way. But people need to have principles that are going to help them to get to their why. The how is important. And in addition to that, there are some values and aptitudes, some skills that people have that they can build on their principles in order to achieve their purpose. Knowing your purpose is where it starts. Using your principles to get there and then looking at 
what matters most and what kind of talents and skills you have. It would be unfortunate for someone who doesn't speak a foreign language to say, by next year, I want to be fluent in that language because it takes longer than that. It takes more effort than that. In addition to that, we have some competing roles. Maybe one of the aspects of our life is that we want to be physically fit and want to be trim and want to be strong, but we have some competing roles um, as a businessman, as a writer, as a spouse, as a father and grandfather. I have many competing roles for my time and attention. So to just have a resolution, therefore be it resolved that this is what we're going to do, well, there have to be a whole lot of other people that are willing to raise that house or help me to be who I want and to get to the why of why I'm building the thing. And on top of the roles, we have other goals. It's not just one resolution. We have goals to meet in all kinds of ways. You and I had the goal of being online at this moment today, and there are other competing goals. My son and his family are waiting to go swimming, so I have to put off of one goal in order to do another. And to make a resolution come true, it has to be a goal that is important to you and it has to compete with some of the other. When we think about goals, we usually think about long-term goals like three to five years. And most resolutions are just set for a new year. But if you know where you're going in 24, 25, 26, 27, if, for example, by December of 24, you're going to be a third of the way on your journey to what your long-term goal is. It helps you be intentional every day. I remember why I'm doing this. I remember how. I remember what aptitudes and talents I'm using. And once you have that three- to five-year goal, then the goal for 24 is, in fact, a resolution. It is what it's going to be resolved in order to get to the journey at the end of the goals. And then you break it down in the month of January, there has to be some things happen in order to get toward that resolution by the end of the year. And the same thing, the first week of January, there's some things that have to be happening in order to get to the goal at the end of January. And on New Year's Day, there has to be some things happening to get toward that resolution, whether it's one year or three to five. So I think to just say, oh, I'm going to build a roof on this house. Well, that sounds nice, but what about all the framing that has to be done? What about the excavation work? Where's the permits? There are a lot of things that have to happen before we just say on New Year's weekend, uh, be it resolved, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, or I'm going to start going to the gym every day, or even in the professionals, as a young business person, if you have a resolution that you're going to sell so much, or you're going to provide service to so many people, that's not a resolution. That's a long-term goal, and it can't just be done based on, I want to do that. There has to be a why. I want to reduce anxiety suffering. That's why I wrote Anxiety Quest, and that's why I have now this course going together for anxiety sobriety. It's not a resolution to get rid of anxiety. It is a quest that takes some time to get through and done with the things that have made the stinking thinking that made anxiety a problem. Whatever a resolution might be, you'd probably say, you know, I started to overcome a problem. Well, that's not enough. People who have sobriety from alcohol and drugs or from process things like gambling and gaming, those things 
are very difficult to overcome. To get sobriety with those is not just one New Year's Eve resolution. It is a whole change in mindset and lifestyle. To get to the goal, there needs to be some support. And I'm not just talking about the framing of a house. I mean, if it takes a village to raise a child, it would take the New York metropolitan area to make a resolution come true within the year. It takes some other people and some help and some accountability. One of the things I like about coaching is, yes, you're forward looking to what that resolution might look like, but you're also being held accountable. So what would you do on January 1st? What would you do the week of the first week in January, what are you doing to make those long-term goals come true? You need support, but you also need some jerk looking over your shoulder saying, hey, how is it going? Are there other obstacles that we need to look at together in order to get beyond just saying, I'm going to build a roof? Well, that's a wonderful resolution, but there's some substance that has to happen with it and for it. And usually, Brain power, willpower alone is not enough. We can be emotionally excited about an idea and we can be rational. A roof does need to be built. But the why and the how, living the purpose and the principles to set and get worthwhile goals is important. I don't think it will do anybody any good to just write down a couple of New Year's resolutions this weekend. I think it's going to take more like the quest that we've designed for anxiety quest. And I think it's going to take some support, whether that's a counselor or a coach or some best friends or some other people who have a similar resolution or goal. Um, that's why AA and some of the other programs work because there's a group of people going after it together. I'm going on and on, but does this kind of make sense as a concept, Steve? It does. It does. Ray, I, I want you to, let's look at the resolution that many have I want to lose weight, 20 pounds. Using the view of the house, how would we attack that, that resolution to lose weight? Well, it would begin with the why. Why do you want to lose 20 pounds? There's got to be some payoff in it. If I lose 20 pounds, then I can go on that hiking trip. If I lose 20 pounds, I get to buy new clothes that will look handsome or beautiful on me. So I want to ask you, is does there have to be a payoff? Because to make the resolution stick, it has to become a habit. And I've often heard habits only take place. They only get entrenched if there's a payoff. Yes. Okay. Well, let's take... A lady, for example, losing 20 pounds. When she's lost the first 10, she's lost a dress size. And the reward of getting to wear new clothes is kind of a carrot before the horse. And then when another 10 pounds are gone, when that 20 pounds is off, uh, I've had very discouraged women talk about where they have to go to buy their clothes because they're so big. But if they lost 20 pounds, some of them have to be 120 pounds. It's very discouraging for them. Well, it, but, you know, it's all relative. So, you know, a woman is, it, wants to lose 20 pounds. That could put her back in a bikini. That could make her, it doesn't matter if it's 120 pounds or 20 pounds, her self-esteem. Just, I'm going to feel is. good. I'm going to look good. I'm like when I pass in front of the mirror, I'm just going to feel so much better about myself. Even my face will look better because I've lost some weight. So there's many, many different benefits of losing that weight so now we have the the plus side so we've got that yes i didn't say i didn't mean plus size i meant plus side. <laughs> yes i'm with you caught myself yeah 
All right, so that's the that's the the payoff. There's many payoffs for losing that weight. But there is also some lower self-esteem that comes with not achieving the resolution. And the comedian was funny, wanting to lose 10 and then being 15 pounds away. But most people will tell you they've lost 1,000 pounds because they have. They've lost 10 and then gained back 15, or they've lost 20 and gained back 25. And so as that yo-yo goes, it's so discouraging on people. And if you did it right the first time, and then you use those same strategies to keep it off, then I think you're right. The self-esteem goes through the ceiling. The other thing that comes with it is energy. When you lose a bunch of weight, if you're a young professional and you can go do the things that need a lot of energy or you're a young parent and you can stay up with those energetic little kids and if you are just interested in having a more full life i don't know how much television time americans watch but on average it's a great deal more and when i've watched television it seems every other commercial is about pizza or some other fast food that would destroy a resolution just the first night you were watching those things. So I think the payoffs are great in setting and getting worthwhile goals. And I think failure to achieve them takes an awful lot to bounce back and say, okay, I did fail before this time I'm recruiting more help and I'm going to have a better system. That's more proven. I did hear another comedian say that he went on the one where you order a month's food and it was great and the food tasted wonderful. But then after three days, he wondered, what am I going to eat the rest of the month? So any of these systems that you choose could work, but just a resolution alone to do it isn't going to help most people achieve the goal they want. The why has to be clear and the principles. For example, if your principle is integrity, and I say that I'm going to eat light and I'm going to eat right. And then here it is a Christmas buffet and there's 10,000 calories to be taken in. The answer to that has to be no, because I have integrity. I have said that I'm going mm. to set and get this goal of fitness. So I have to say no to some good things to have the better thing. I love that you said that because it's integrity within yourself. Many times we're worried about, and rightfully so, uh, how we're perceived among others, our integrity, but that self-integrity. Yes. Hmm. And you don't need a coach necessarily to have self-integrity. You can look in the mirror. And if you say, I'm proud of you, it'll soak in. Hmm. And if it does, then if the rest of us say, hey, I'm proud of you, that'll soak in too. But if you don't believe it, no, I've been bulimic and the way I lost weight was another addiction. Okay. Then no, you're not proud of yourself. And if the rest of us say you look nice, you're not going to believe it. There has to be that integrity that I know my why I know my principles. I know how I'm going to get to my worthwhile goal. And it's not just a one night whim. I think I'll lose 10, 10, 20 pounds. No, it's more thoughtful. It's just like building a house. There has to be some preliminary work done before you even begin. And settling on that why is so important, especially for the people listening to the podcast, those younger entrepreneurs, to be able to say, I want to do more than just resolve something. I want to accomplish something. And when I look back on 24, I want to be proud of what I've done and that I have kept my word, said I was going to do something and I did it. 
So question, they often say yes. that you need to stick to a habit for at least 21 days. Many resolutions, it's been said that week and a half, and then they start to fade away. How do we stick with it? How do we at least get past the 21-day the mark? Again, with the why. Why should I keep doing this the 22nd day or the 42nd day? It is because you started with the basic motivator, the basic reason why you want that worthwhile goal. The 21 days for a habit can be good for something new, like I want to get my ironing done on Saturdays. Okay, great. But something that's more complex and more time-consuming, like getting the weight off and keeping it off, it has to start with that excavation work and that foundational work of why, first of all, why am I on the planet? But second, why do I want to have something that might come to mind as a resolution? If you want to have a trip in 24, you can't just go down to the airport and get on. There are some preliminary things that you need to do, like buying a ticket or having a hotel where you're going. Any way that you can think of that it's a habit that could be done in 21 days, we can imagine that that's one of the more simple ones, and people still fail at that. So I think, again, excavating what's in the way of getting that habit to be successful, and then what do you do every day when you look in the mirror I'm proud of you. You've said you're going to do this. You're going to gain this new habit. And some of them are really difficult. People say on New Year's they're going to quit smoking. Well, that's one of the most difficult habits to break. It's an addiction, and it's in part due to anxiety. It takes three seconds from the nicotine to, from your mouth to the dopamine in your brain to quit doing that, especially at the times after dinner and stuff. 21 days is not going to make you tobacco-free. It has to be incorporated with something else. For most people, I know personally one man who said, I'm not going to smoke anymore. And that resolution stuck with him the rest of his life. Wow. That's rare. Uh, people who have been addicted to nicotine have been addicted to other things, too. Uh, a couple of heroin addicts that are in recovery have told me that nicotine was the hardest thing to stop that they've ever been on. Wow. So the 21-day habit, eh, that depends on what the habit is. Mm. And, you know, it... it the contrast, there is big contrast between nicotine and, say, food, but many of us can be addicted to sweets, carbs. I mean, I, I'm calling it an addiction, but it's a dependency to, yes. to feel good. Why do you smoke? You, there's, a, there's a reason you do. Yes, there is. And there's a reason for a sweet tooth. It is very pleasant, but it's also immediate gratification. Yes. It's easy, especially Christmas. Sweets are all around us. However, if you think I'm going to look great 20 pounds lighter then sweet tooth, you shut up. I'm going to listen to a different part of my brain. I'm going to have a better reason why than just because something tastes pleasant. It does taste pleasant, but it takes a long time to get rid of it once you've absorbed it. So to say no to some good things, to have the best things makes sense to me. And it would be like saving. If it would feel good to go out and spend some money, but at the end of 24, if you have a savings account big enough to take that trip, you're going to feel really proud of yourself. You're going to have a lot of self-respect. If you take the trip and just use a credit card, you're going to feel lousy when you get home. 
Same way with Christmas. If you buy everybody a bunch of gifts, that sounds good. But if you haven't really bought them, if you've charged them, then it doesn't do your self-respect much good. And you haven't really gotten to the point where I'm proud of what I gave. And then not just the why I gave it out of love, but the how. I did it by saving and giving out of my heart. I haven't put myself in debt that I'm going to be spending the rest of the year paying off. Now, you mentioned anxiety fueling a lot of the things that we're challenged by, and that could be smoking, that could be food. Um, Does a lot of that come back to anxiety? It does. If you think of anxiety as a fear that doesn't have an object, if someone points a gun at you, you should be afraid because when that bullet comes out very fast, it can do a lot of harm in a very short time. And it's, it's, it's an object. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's easily identified. Gun, bullet, bad. Yeah. But if you're anxious and you have that same bad feeling, it's because of a bad thought. If I'm thinking irrationally, then I'm going to feel anxious and I'm going to do some behavior to avoid or mitigate what I'm afraid of. But I'm not really afraid. I'm anxious. I'm overly concerned about something that actually isn't going to do any harm. Anxiety comes from how we think, not from something outside like a bullet coming into us. The reason that we have a lot of bad habits is because we want to procrastinate doing the stuff of coming up with the why and the principles that are going to get there and to set and get those worthwhile goals in combination with the other roles that we have. People who are anxious are looking for relief. And a lot of it is very temporary relief. And cigarette smoking would be one of the primary ways. I want to feel good immediately. And if you do put a needle in your arm, you do want to change how you're feeling immediately with something outside of you. So to get rid of addiction, to get rid of anxiety, you need a plan like Anxiety Quest where you admit where you are, you see where you want to go, and you make that regular progress toward there and celebrate each one. On the way to becoming an Eagle Scout, there are several different ranks and merit badges that you have to accomplish. Your son did that, I remember. Well, you need to celebrate each one of those. Celebration is a big part of keeping the momentum going. Funny you should say that because he had his court of honor ceremony, the ceremony last weekend. Yep. And, oh, really? Yes. And at that ceremony, they celebrated each of the pinnacles along the way and they lit a candle. Wonderful. Hmm. He'll remember it forever. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it, it connects to what we're talking about to celebrate those wins. Like we don't do that. You know, even if you, you want to lose 20 pounds, how many people sit back and say, I've lost four. That's fantastic. Well, I lost four, but I, I still have another 16 to go. We always look at it the other way. We do. And the same thing with a to-do list. We do want to celebrate that we got some things done, but the ones we didn't get done, we still feel badly about ourselves. Right. I, I would like to see a to-done list <laughs> for <laughs> people can mark off what they have done and do celebrate. Celebration is a big part of the anxiety quest mm. because I think that anytime that you, like in Scouts, get another rank or get another merit badge or light one of those candles, then people feel terrific about themselves. 
when you don't make your 21 days with your New Year's resolutions, people feel pretty badly, and then they want to go do something to numb that or drown their sorrows. And that does not help with getting back up on your feet and doing it like the house. I've got to get this excavation. I've got to get this foundation. I know why I'm going to this trouble. And to have that feeling of self-love, I'm worth it. I'm worth the house or I'm worth nicotine or carb-free. Uh, and not do something outlandish, a grapefruit diet or something that you can't stand to stay on. But to make those incremental changes that you can celebrate along the way. And then when you look back to where you started, yeah, you have accomplished something worthwhile and you feel terrific about yourself. And I'll use the dress sizes as an example, because so many women that I've known over the years to go down that dress size and eventually to just be able to go in any department store and buy clothes off the rack. They feel just like they've won their Eagle Scout Award. It sure. is a terrific accomplishment and they have changed all of themselves. They've changed their attitude and their reason why. Instead of saying, oh, who cares about another 50 pounds? Now they care about when they look in the mirror and who they see and how they feel about the effort. It wasn't a 21-day habit. It might have been a 20-month-long time that they invested in themselves. And they feel terrific about themselves. Tell us how we get Anxiety Quest. Uh, we've talked about it before, but a lot of what we're talking about today does all these bad habits, if you will, all kind of center around anxiety. They do. The easiest way is to go to my website, drraysmith.com, and there, there is a Kindle version that people who have Amazon can get for free. There's an Audible. If you have an Audible subscription, there's an ebook, and there's a paperback printed. And then now we have the workbook published. So if you want to go a little bit deeper than just reading the book, or it would be a great a companion or accompaniment to the Audible book. So to be listening to it and then going through the workbook, it would be fantastic for people to just be thinking a little more and going a little bit deeper in each step. The questions that are in the workbook, the workbook is half material and half places to write down the answers and reflect on it. That also reinforces the why and it lives out that principle that I have committed to myself to reduce my anxiety and suffering. I'm going to change my stinking thinking to what's rational. So the anxiety quest is to anxiety sobriety. I want to be free of that. I don't want to turn to those things to change my mood. I want to change my mood by how I'm thinking. Not just a workbook. This is a work in progress for you. Decades of working with people, counseling them on all of yes. this. And I have to say, to my knowledge, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like Anxiety Quest, especially the workbook side. Your website, we find it there, right? That's the easiest way, drraysmith.com. But it's also on Amazon if you want any one of those versions. If you type in Anxiety Quest by Dr. Ray Smith, it will pop right up. And you can get <laughs> the Anxiety Quest has a very dark cover on it. Because being anxious has some real darkness to it. The workbook has this light, playful sort of look. Like, you know, you can see what it looks like when you begin. And you can also get a little vision of what it's going to look like when you're done. It's very encouraging. So uh, Amazon is a place to get it directly. You can get it through the drraysmith.com. 
And also on that site are our other podcasts. If people missed one or what did they mean about your son being in Scouts? Well, they can go back and look at those podcasts. They're all right there available for anybody who wants them. Of course, they're all free. So if that would reinforce someone who's thinking, do I want a resolution or do I really want to change my stinking thinking and change my life? There's a way to go deeper. There's a way to go further. There's a way to feel better about yourself. And when you have those irrational thoughts, I know what to do about those now to feel competent. And there's a lot of content that we've talked about, even PTSD. Uh, Fantastic. Ray, it's always great talking with you. Thanks for putting this into perspective. Uh, You know, the way things on my uh, calendar. (laughs) Well, then uh, we'll encourage you to take those incremental steps and celebrate each one along the way. But to have the written goal and even to have a marker that, you know, when I achieve either, I hate to do it in negative terms. I want to lose this much weight. Well, I want to gain this much fitness. So would that mean that you can walk a mile further? Would that mean that I have a belt size smaller? What would that mean when you achieved your, not just resolution, but your worthwhile goal? And you know that you're worthwhile. Being that good person who accomplishes something and looks in the mirror and feels terrific, that's a part of the quest. Interesting what you said when we talk about losing weight. Lose is a negative. Why do we want to focus on that? It's so right. Ray, fantastic talking with you and uh, happy new year. Well, happy new year to you. We'll hope this helps some people go beyond just a resolution as real life changes. Looking forward to uh, talking more in the new year. Me too. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Ray. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah. Buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.